Okay, we have an absolutely fascinating parasha. Fascinating parasha with some tremendous insights into um, not only the parasha, but into life in general, which uh, I do believe that we can gain so much from. So we will begin. The Eina told us, Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram hoyled this Yitzchak. It's very, very interesting. Rashi tells us, and the first pasuk on the parasha, we know, but Rashi tells us what's going on over here this old woman is all of a sudden having a baby when she was married to Avram she didn't have this baby ah must be she got pregnant from Avram Shavikama, this is what the late sonim, right? The people, the lot, the, you know, the jokers around, that's what they used to say. Shavikama, Shonim, Shaisim, Avom, no, it's Abba Menu, he didn't get pregnant from Avom. Ma'asa Kodesh Bohu, what did I Kodesh Bohu did? Come on, Bomitsia. It made the, the, the face of Yitzchok very similar to Avom. So when everyone would see Yitzchok, they'd be like, oh my gosh, wow, you're like a mini Avrom. You know, you have these people that do that. I never understood it, right? People came to my kids and they say, wow, he looks just like you or your wife. I'm like, no, he looks like a baby. Maybe when he gets older, he'll look like someone, but he looks like a baby. I don't know how these people understand these things. But you see this really from Chazal, that the Torah tells us, Chazal tells us, that Rabbi Nishlam made the face of Yitzchok in order that, why? That nobody should have a Havamina, oh, he came from Avimelech. No, no, he looked exactly like Avram, this baby came from Avram without any shadow whatsoever, right? So the question is, why now? Why now? What's going on with it? This is 60 years after Yitzhak was born. All of a sudden, Chazal tell us that the Rabbani Shalom made the nace, and that nace was that he was doimed to Avram. If Shimon Schwab is at Sal in his Sefer, Mayim Beis Hashiva, which we just now to get in the base Medrash over here, tells us that um, straight after Yitzhak was born, nobody made fun. Straight after Yitzhak was born, nobody made fun of because they understood it was from Avram. Because at the end of the day, Avram also had Yishmol and six other sons. So therefore, this also came from him. But now that they see that Esau came from came, came over here from Yitzchak, so it can't be from Avram. There's no way like a Russia from from like Esau could be from such a mishpacha from Avram, and therefore must be that Sarah became pregnant from. Because this, this is not possible that a Russia would come out of Avram Avinu. Therefore, only now, says Rabbi Shimon Schwab Zatzal, is the reason why Chazal tell us 60 years later, all of a sudden people are making fun. They see Esav. Ah, must be Yitzchak. Didn't come from Avram. He must have come from Avimelech. And that's why the Rabbanisha made this nace, particularly now over here. And the Chumash Adashan says a very similar thing as well. Okay, so that's Yisoyed number one. Another Yisoyed that we're going to continue as well is when we talk about the next Pasuk in the parasha in uh, Pasuk Chof. Vahi Yitzchak ben Aboim Shana Bakachto Yisrifka Baspesu al Arami Mipadon Aram Achos Lovon Arami Loi Leisha. Amazing, amazing thing. We're telling us all the Yichos that where, where she comes from, right, where Rivka comes from. So Rashi over here in, Perich, in Pasuk Chof tells us, I understand, come on, we know who Rivka was, we know which Mishpacha she came from, we don't know that she's Bas Besuel, the Achis Lovon, the sister of Lovon, Umi Padan Oram, what's going on? Ella says Rashi, again it's a Medrash, Lahagid Shivka to give us the Shvach of Rivka. She was the Bas Rasha, she was not only the daughter of a Rasha, but she was also the sister of a Rasha. She was Mamish surrounded by Rishayim. She grew up, Lovan. So therefore, and not only that, the place that she grew up was a terrible place. She was mummish surrounded Molly Rishayim. Veloi Lomda Mimasehim. She did not learn from their terrible Maisim. An amazing thing. Ask the Marel. 
in Gu'arie. The Maral asks as follows. He says, I don't understand. We knew where she grew up. We knew where she come from. Why are you repeating it? See, he brings the, the Maral brings the, uh, the rain. What's that? It says in the end of the year. That what? It says it already. Beautiful. So Rabbi Eliezer Mizrahi, Mizrahi brings down the vein. He asks the question. The Maral brings in. Answers that. Very interesting thing. He says the very, there's a big difference if we conclude a praise for her and the Torah concludes a praise for her. So why does the Torah tell us to praise? It comes to telling us the Gavaldic Yisrael. It's telling us like this. That if it comes from the Torah, so basically, then it's, it's, it's different to when we conclude that she's, you know, so choshev. Says the morale, I don't think so. Why? Because at the end of the day, when she left her family's house, how old was she? Three years old. Excellent. What effect did her father have on her? She was three years old. What did she see? All the billboards. What did she see already on the street? How much did it, a three-year-old is affected so much by her surroundings? She was playing with dolls at the time. Come on, pushing around strollers and buggies. What is it already that she was so affected from at her age? So we could have said, oh, come on. It was no praise with her leaving her father's house and her makoim because at, at that age, she wouldn't have gained anything. Kamash Malan says the morale. No, the Torah is telling us, even at three years old, there is a possibility of getting her shba. She rejected it on her own, and therefore, that's why the Torah is telling us such a tremendous uh, uh, praise over here, which applies to her, which is a Gavadi Gesed Stam in Chenech as well, I think. You know, they, they, it's brought down, and again, that's the, maybe perhaps the next sugi as well, as we find this inyan of that even if a baby is inside its mother's womb, seems to be affected by what's going on with the surroundings. As Chazal tell us, what happened when Rivka walked around and went past the shul and went past the base of Zara, there was something going on which we'll discuss in a moment. But Agaponomi, see, even from a very, very young age, a child can have a negative or positive hashbar from that. In fact, we know the Gemara tells us that there are many, many um, very titkonias that would walk around when they were pregnant wanting to see tzaddikim or when they went out the base mikvah or whatever, they wanted to see Tzadikim because they wanted to have a spa on them. So whatever it is, we don't mean as the Rambam tells us, Odom Moshech Achas Vivov. A person has, there's a certain nature that a person is attracted to and we don't even appreciate it sometimes. We think, oh big deal, we'll go to a certain place. It'll only be for a few minutes, there's a bank there, Mama Mosh, I have to go there. We don't realize it can have a hashpa on us in such a tremendous way. If it can have a hashpa on a three-year-old, for sure it can have a hashpa on any of us. So I want to now go to one of the most famous sugyas that we have in Parashas told us, and that is Pasuk Chafalaf. You know, just Pasuk after Pasuk, there is just so much over here that can teach us life yisoyedas. Unbelievable. There's a lot of chinuch, actually, in this week's parasha. Pasuk says, V'yetar Yitzchak la'ashem lo'noichach ishtay ki akorahim hi, v'yasah lo'yashem atar rifka ishtay. So it's very, very interesting that you go through the Mepharshim over here, La Torah, and they're all talking about the struggle inside the womb between Yaakov and Esau going on over here in the womb of Rivka there's a tremendous struggle over here and this struggle is a struggle that continues Ad between Yaakov and Esau there's always that constant struggle and it's, it's, it's mamish rooted over here in this week's parasha that even though Ad was still struggling it started all the way over there the force between light and darkness between bad and good was already in the womb in fact the Hasidim Bring down that, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you two unbelievable things. One is the tour. Now, the tour, just uh, the reason why I'm telling you who it is, and we don't mention who red people are, the tour is a Rishon. Okay, it was a Rishon. So I'm going to tell you a pshat that Perish ala la Torah says, which is like, whoa. Like, it sounds like one of those chassid shavots, but it's a tour who's a Rishon. And he says, what's pshat in the struggle? 
What's going on? They're fighting inside the room. Get out, not get out. What's going on? So Tuala Torah says an amazing thing. He says, I have a very posh shot while they were fighting. Esau was hairy, and Yaakov couldn't stand being next to a hairy guy. His posh was itching him. It was bothering him. Getting out the Tuala Torah says such a thing. Unbelievable thing if you think about it. So that's number one. Number two, there's also Heidegger Belzeruv. It's also brought down the some Soifa. The Belzeruv says, an unbelievable insight. He says like this. He says, you know, we understand why Esau wanted to get out, right? Every time he passes, get me out of here. We need to go and see this Avodah Zorah. We need to get involved in this Avodah Zorah. I understand why Esau wanted to get involved and why he wanted to get out. But why would Yaakov want to get out after all he's being taught in the womb by a Malach? All the Torah. I mean, we, this is, by the way, this is a real thing. I know my Rebbe of Scheinberg's Atzal used to pass in La where people come, and I, this is a very common shayda, where a woman is in, in child labor, She's in child, middle of childbirth, and it's not going. And you, there are certain things that you do to speed up the process, right? Or certain things that you could do. You can take certain things in order to have the baby quicker. You know, whatever it is, if you're getting, you know, to the time and you're getting, you know, we want to get moving. So there are certain things you do. Some of them natural, some of them not natural. Whatever it is, we're not going into it now. But Rav Shamans that's used to pass in that you're not allowed to do them. With the exception of obviously certain situations or medical situations, but in a regular case, it's also why. Simply because the baby is in the middle of in the middle of seder, for sure the baby is in the middle of learning. So how, what are you doing? You're taking the baby out in the middle of learning the and you have vomits, and you're going to wonder why when the baby comes out doesn't understand pshat. It was, it was the Allah Halamaisi held that way. But Moshe a different thing. Moshe was the union of Sakona. But Al Kapolim Stam, the whole, it's a real thing what's going on inside there. It says, Ask the Belzadov, what's pshat? Why Yaakov wanted to leave? I understand Asim wanted to leave, but why Yaakov? He said, Emotiki Sait. He said, that Yaakov was willing to give up learning Torah with the Malach, just not to be near Asaph. I'd rather not be. It calls one I'm together with Asaph as having a bad Ashba on me. I am learning Torah with the Malach, which is amazing, having a bad Ashba on me. And that tells us an amazing insight for ourselves. Whenever we have friends, Chaveim, that are maybe you know, not the best type of people that are pulling us down, whatever it may be, I, we're learning Torah in the best possible way, but not in a bad proximity to, to other people that shouldn't be there. So that is. Now, now, but also, another thing I want to mention to you, you ever notice this in the Torah, the Rabbeinu Bachaya brings this down. It's, it's the loss. The, there's something that's there's a problem over here. There's a wrong way around. It says that Kiakorahi, um, right? It says that uh, she was Akora, and it says and she veyate Hashem, she davened, and she davened. Right? It's a very interesting thing. Also, in the it's the wrong way around. First, you have to tell us. First, you have to tell us that she's she's Akora. No, veyate Yitzchak Hashem loichach ishtoi Kiakorahi. She davened because she was Akora. Tell us, tell us she's a Korah, she's, she can't give birth, she's, not, she's barren, she's not able to have children, and then tell us that she davened, or he davened, they both davened, whatever it is, as Chazal tell us. Says Rabbeinu Bechaya, which Agav is not in Rabbeinu Bechaya, also saw brought down in a few other places as well, and, um, and Rabbeinu Bechaya says that you shouldn't think the tefillah was because she was a Korah. It wasn't because she was a Korah. Forget, it goes the wrong way around. The Rabbeinu Shalom, and this is a big yisoyed in tefillah, Rabbi Say. The Rabbani Shalom makes the Ovois and the Imois Akora barren in order to get their Tfilis. That's the purpose why they were barren. It wasn't that they davened because they were barren. The Rabbani Shalom made them barren in order to get their Tfilis. And that's a biggest thing in Tfilis for ourselves. Because sometimes we go through sorrows, sometimes we go through situations, and we wonder why they're happening. And the answer is very simple. Because the Rabbani Shalom wants a connection. He wants you to daven to him. He wants you to talk to him. And the way to talk to him sometimes is not by just saying, by the way, there's shachmas now, there's milch and now, it doesn't work. Elamar, how does it work? He gives you a situation, you're like, oh, what do I do now? I need to daven. Oh, that's what he wanted. 
That says Rabbeinu B'chayi, Peshat in this week's parasha, in the Pesach of Olive, where it says that he, they daven before being barren, because that's the way that it's meant to be. And that was the Yisrael that the Rabbanishim created it, and therefore that's that. Rabbi Yisrael Sonnefeld asked the question, because Rashi over here says, the Koyach of Tzvillah that they had, there's so much going on. Rashi is in Pesach Olive, the first Rashi, here be v'hitzah b'tzvillah, mamash, urgent Tzvillah, they were davening with urgency. Why the urgency? Why this fellow? What's going on? Why so powerful? He brings a murder. He says, somebody came to Halikach some sofa and he said, my wife is in labor and it's just not happening. She's in tremendous sorrow, tremendous pain. She's in labor. Please, daven for her that it will go quickly and the baby will be born. And the some sofa said, no. And they said, why, why not? What happened? He said, very simple. The Gemara tells us in Erevin, the Gemara says, whenever one tzaddik leaves the world, another tzaddik will be born straight away. And therefore, I see that your child, who's a Kavaldik Tzaddik, is going to die, and then there's another, there'll be another Tzaddik, is going to be born, but before he's born, another Tzaddik has to die. I cannot govern that your son is born quickly in order to cause another Tzaddik to die in this world. And therefore, I can't do that. So over here, that's exactly what's going on over here. Avram died, as we know, five years early, so he wouldn't see Esau become bad. So the sooner Esau was born, the quicker Avram would die. And that's why they had to dub in such a serious tefillah, because otherwise it wasn't going to happen. Now, the Rechaim HaKadosh over here is a modic or Rechaim HaKadosh. The Rechaim HaKadosh over here in Pesach of Gimel brings down a murder gazach. The Rechaim, I'm not going to read it inside, but you look at the beginning. He, he, he says, oh, you say the, the Rechaim HaKadosh wants to know what's pshat, because Rivka seemed to have re- regretted becoming pregnant. It was too difficult for her. She couldn't take the pain. She, that's what it sounds like. At least he brings out a much from Rashi that way. That it's Rashi that she regretted becoming pregnant. It pushed her too much physical stress, pain. Sorry, she couldn't do it. I said, Rivka, come on. You, you waited for kids, hear the kids, all of a sudden you're getting a little bit of pain. How does it make sense? What's the pshat? So he says, Rachaim explains it slightly differently to Rashi. And he says that she was afraid what would happen was that she would not give birth to a live child. And as the child wouldn't actually, the struggle would be so much that the child would not be a live birth. And because of that, that's the reason why she maybe regretted it because maybe the child wasn't going to be born anyway. The Kliyaka, the Kliyaka, if you look over here also, the Kliyaka is a different pshat as well. And the Kliyaka says that her concern over here wasn't really a, a physical thing. Her concern was a spiritual thing. That she was worried that the child is going to be schizophrenic because every time I go past the shul, he's fighting to get out. And every time I go past the Zori, he goes out. So he's a little bit of a schizophrenic because he can't figure out which, 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 which side of the road he is. And therefore, once she was told, Lidris Hashem, she was told, no, it's going to be two, two babies, two separate worlds, no shaykhs one to the other. She was okay, he's not going to be schizophrenic and that's okay and in fact the Chassidosh Hashem when they bring this mindset down they bring it down to understand it in a way that the worst thing is a person that's a hypocrite a person that lives one way or says one thing and lives a different way and that's exactly what was Rivka's struggle over here where she was worried that he's going to grow up to be a hypocrite she's been worried that, she's, that he's going to be someone that's going to be sort of in the middle of two worlds and that's a very very bad thing that's a terrible thing in fact there's a Mordek Chadush if you look further on <coughs> He says over here on the Pasuk, the year of Yitzchak has Esau, Yitzchak loved Esau. Ki Sayyid Befif. You look at Rashi, Rashi brings a whole pshat. But uh, he says that Esau used to go to his father, Yitzchak, and he used to ask questions, trumas and maises, salt, you know, all the chumras and everything else like that. Ask the Chedusha him, come on. Yitzchak was no fool. Yitzchak was no fool. He loved him because he asked a few chumras to Kashailas. How does that make sense? What's the plan? That's what the Apostle seems to say. But yeah, but Yitzhak can say, so keep side, but What does that mean? Yitzhak knew who he was. 
So Chetushim says a murder gazach. He says that you have to understand. Yitzchak knew who Esav who was and he knew who Yaakov was. But he understood that Yaakov was like he's sitting in the base of learning. Big deal. Esav is a businessman. Esav is someone that's going out in the world. He's out there being influenced by the outside world. But still, he's coming to ask me these shilas. He's coming to be involved in chumras and making sure that everything is correct. Ah, how beautiful is that? And that's the reason why, says the Chadushim, the Geir Rebbe, why he loved him so much. There's a murder of Yaakov, Pasuk Lamad. Pasuk Lamad tells us, Vayim Esav al Yaakov, Haliteini nomina odoim, ha'odoim hazeh. Remember, we call Esav what? We call him... Look at him red. Where does it come from? Mordecai Kliyaka. Kliyaka says, Mashallah, Kor Adam, Miyakish, and Eilat. Why did they call him Adam the moment he was born? He was born red. But they only call him Adam right now. Why do we wait till now, says the Kliyaka? The Yatsa Visha Nadoni. The Fisha ain't the Chodesh Tarata Shemeshki. Come here, Adam, Nadim, Adam, the Fisha Dain, Nadim, Adam. Says the Kliyaka, it wasn't a big deal for a child to be born red. Right, I don't know, most people grew up like, Esau came out red, wow, unbelievable. The Yaakov says, no, it's not true actually, because many kids grew up red, because their blood wasn't settled fully in their gulf, and therefore because of that, it wasn't like a like, oh wow, it came out red, it was normal. So they didn't call him red then. So when they call him red, right over here, Al-Kain. Why did you say, can I give me some of the lentils? Why do you call it the red stuff? Amazing thing. Says the Kliyaka, he didn't want lentils. Esau didn't want the lentils, but Etzem. Esau wanted the color. The color was drawn to him because of who he was. Now you've Megalal and Mephreya that you're a red guy. Now, says the Kliyaka, we're going to call you red. By the way, it's a very interesting thing. I want to tell you like this. Look at Pasuk Lamed base. But Yomah Esau... I'm going to die. What do I need this by? So on Tuesday night we discuss what does it mean he's going to die. The Chavetz Chaim famously says he went straight to the last, you know, the last, the last, the last uh, advantage, the last mile in the Gemara of thinking of, of the day of death, which didn't help him because he didn't go through the other stages. But the Maisa, before we get there, there are three Purushim in the Rishonim. Tosfa says, I'm so tired, I might, I push up, I'm so tired, I might die if you don't give me food. That's how Tosfus Lamshat in this pasuk, the Rashbam, the Radak Lamshat, that um, he says that every day he may die while hunting. At the end, I'm hunting and I'm killing animals, and animals may kill me. So every day he may die. So I'm never going to die. And then he got Rashi. Rashi holds that what do I need the Bukhari for? Because I'm going to go into some Igdash and there's too many Chumas over here. I can't manage with that, and therefore because of that, I'm, I'm going to die there anyway. In fact, the Gemara Baba Basra Tezayin of a base tells us that Aesop on that very day, this day that we're talking about right now, Pasuk Lamed Beis did five of the most terrible averies in the world. What were they? Number one, Baal Namarasa. Number two, Horigas and Nefesh. Koifa Beika. Koifa Betchias Amesim. And he sold the Bukhara. Isn't that amazing? Four unbelievable averies, and the fifth one he sold as Bukhara. It doesn't sort of fit in with like all the rest of them. It doesn't really work. What's the Pshat? So the Beyesi, Rabbi Yosef Salant, Zatzal, brings a Medrash, and he said, You have to understand, when Esau came in, he came in with all the Litzonim, and they made fun of Yaakov, and therefore, because of that, it was that severity of making fun of Tamidi Chachamim, that's why the Aveira over here. Selling the Bukhara, he learns, again, it's a Medrash, that it was making fun of Tamidi Chachamim. Again, Rabbi said, tremendous limut of how careful we have to be when we deal with Tamidi Chachamim and everyone else. Rabbi said, let's move on. There's some, there's some unbelievable things I want to get to. So we'll start like this. There's a Mordecai Ramban. There's a Ramban in, um, there's a Ramban in Pasuk Hei, Pasuk Vov, comes over here. The Ramban has a question. Right? Maybe we'll start like this. The Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in Emes Liyaka brings down the Ramban. And he has a question. 
right? The Ramban has a shaila there. The yes lishel need to the Ramban in pasuk hey. Im kain eichokim Yaakov matzev enosah shteichos. How says the Ramban can um, can can Yaakov marry two sisters? Not allowed. You're not allowed to marry two sisters. How on earth did Yaakov Avinu do such a thing? I say, fake the Ramban. The Ramban asked the question. Eich Yaakov atzev enosah shteichos. How can he marry two sisters? Asher Yaakov Kamenetsky. I don't understand the question of the Ramban. What's the shail of the Rambam? I understand. What do you mean? What's, what's the shail? He promised to marry two sisters. He promised Rachel. He promised Leah. Okay, he got a switch in the middle and the Chalami, but he, he promised them. So of course he had to do that. Well, once you promise someone, you have, you have to do that. Ah, you'll ask me, well, how is it Mutar be the Torah? Say that's not a problem. You only kept the Torah Lechumra. And therefore, Klape being over on his word, he would never be over on his word when it comes to Lechumra. Says Rabbi Kamenetsky, you see Gavaldig Yisoid over here. By the way, the Ramban's question of Kuntra Yaakov Kamenetsky is why did Ashkocha Protest come out that he married two sisters? Because how he married two sisters is possible. He promised her. He said something. He said, I'll marry you. He got switched up. He ended up with Leah. He had to go marry Rachel because he promised her. So therefore he promised her. He had to do that. I keep it the Torah. He kept the Torah Lechumah. This is the Chumah. Kapea, a, a word. How careful we have to be, says Yaakov Kamenetsky, with the words that come out of our mouths. Because here we see Gavaldig Yisoid, Yaakov Avinu kept the whole Torah. But when it came to a word, I have to keep my word. I promised Rochel, I'm going to go and marry Rochel. We all know the famous Maestro Yaakov Kamenetsky, at the age of 80 years old, put on Rabbeinu Tam's villain. Now, Rabbeinu Tam is generally something that people of Chassidim do. So they asked him, like, Rebbe, what are you doing at 80 years old? What's Pshat? So he said, you know what, when I was very young, someone said to me, why don't you put on Rabbeinu Tam's villain? So he like, made a joke. He said, oh, when I get to 80, I'll put on Tvinin, Rabbeinu Tam's villain. Davis, 80th birthday, put on Rabbeinu Tam's villain. Because at the end of the day, he said something, he said something. I'll tell you, Mordecai Maestro, I think I'm going to mention this tonight. Um, it's so beautiful this that the uh, Chavetz Chaim I heard this from it sounds a bit far but it's actually not that far I heard it from someone who heard it from the Chavetz Chaim's granddaughter not, not so far the Chavetz Chaim used to check all of his farm and to make sure there weren't you know, any problems before he sold them he didn't want anyone to buy them if they had problems in them so anyway so he wanted to check them and at one point he had a whole pile of farm so he said to his daughter he said I don't remember her name he said to her maybe you can help me check some farm so she says no problem, Tati, but I'm, I'm just going to the park and I have to play. She's a little girl. I'm going out to play now. Give me, you know, I'll, I'll come back and I'll, you know. No, no, should I, really, I really like you. Let's do it now, please. I, really, I want to go play. I'd really like to do it now. So she said, Tati, don't worry. When I come back, I'll do 100s for She comes out, goes out to play, and she comes back. There are 100s for piled on the table. You said 100s for him, it's 100s for And that's what Rebecca Kamnetsky is telling us on this Ramban. How a person has to realize that the words that you say are so choshev, and they mean so much to you as well. Okay, moving on, Rabbi Sai. Um, just by the way, the Makar of anti-Semitism comes on this week's parasha, by all the Be'eris, by the Wells, very simply because whenever Klal Yisrael becomes successful, they hate us. And that's what's gone on from this week's parasha all the way until 2019, right? It's a Whenever, and you see this from this week's parasha, they were being successful in the Wells and they hated us, right? That's the story of what's going on over here, where Avi Melech and the whole business is all anti yeah, but that, they, that's when they hate us. When when Charlie Swan, when he didn't start to be successful, that's when they start to hate us. Rabbi, so a couple more Yisraelis I want to get to, which are very, very choshev. I don't want to miss out on some of the Yisraelis there. Oh, Gvaldi, we mentioned this as well, but I want to mention this again, that we talk about the, um, in English they call it the coat of many colors, but it's not really true over here. Because over here we talk about the Posuk Tezbov and Perek Chavzayim, but Tikar Rivka's big day Esau, Beno, HaGodl, HaChamudu, Sashay Ito, Baboyz, Vatabash, Yaakov, Beno, HaKotten. So you look at the Das Kenim in Balitosis, right? Many of the Bikros Kodotis have it at the back. The Das Kenim in Balitosis says, what coat was, was this? This was a special coat that had many pictures on it. 
had pictures of animals, and these animals, as we mentioned, are so real, are so looking like they're real, that when Esau went to the field to hunt, the animals would come to see the animals on his coat, because they looked so real, and it was an easy way of hunting. Right? And then the Medrash asked the Daskin Mibalatos if Yitzhak was blind. So, very nice that he's wearing Esau's coat with those animals on it, but he couldn't see it. Yitzhak was blind. Right? Chazal already tell us that through the reasons why he became blind, but he couldn't, he couldn't see it. So again, they couldn't see it, and so it was the pictures. Our answers are asking me about Tosis that when you wear something, it makes you into that thing. And therefore, when he wore Aesop's coat, he wanted to become an Aesop, at least those few minutes. And therefore, it made him into an Aesop. And that's the reason that the Daskanian Balatosis why he wore And we mentioned, if you remember, a study that was done in a school in New York. And one of the Rebbeim told me that they did a study that they, the, the, the rule was everywhere in Shkodesh, they had to wear white shirts. Well, it was a non-white shirt, non-white shirt high school, high school, and everywhere in Shkodesh they had to wear white shirts. That was their rule for Shkodesh. There we are. And they said they did a study that they found out that every time they had a Rosh Chodesh, the kids behaved amazingly well. It's an amazing thing. Why? Because they were wearing a white shirt. So for them, they almost felt it was Shabbos and Yom Tov. So, and it's a come on, Baba Kama, this, they're talking about Tam and Mu'ad, whatever. But that's the estate from here. When a person wears something, as they say, do the clothes make the person or the person make the clothes, right? That's the Shaila. There's no Shaila from this. Das came in Balatosis. The clothes make the person. And that's the reason why, Baruch Hashem, here we are sitting here on Rosh Chodesh. Okay, let's move on, Rabbi Say. Let's move on. Let's go on. Um, oh, this is Gavaldi, Rabbi Say. I want to tell you a Beis Halevi that's mamish going to probably change your life. This is unreal, this Beis Halevi. We all know the famous Pasuk, right? Now they have a song already. Pasuk Chobes, Vayigesh Yaakov, Vesitzkog, Ovip, Vemushay, Vayoyma, Hakol, Kol Yaakov, Vahayadayim, Yedei Eisov. Okay, beautiful. Now there's something majorly going on over here. It's something very funny. It sounds like Yaakov, but when he felt him, his hands were Esau. Something wrong over here. What happens next? Yitzchak shrugs his shoulders, and he says, No, no, continue. We'll make, give you the brachas anyway. One second, Yitzchak. You just said there's something wrong over here. Why are you giving him the brachas? Anyone ever wonder that? It's an amazing thing. Like, Yitzchak, come on. You're just like, something, something fishy over here. But I'll give you the brachas anyway. Come on, what's pshat? Listen to this base Halevi. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Says the Beis Halevi, Esau was not a stupid person. He was mamish not a stupid person. Okay, they say he was even cleverer than Yaakov, which is maybe that was the beginning of the downfall, right? That um, Whoa, so when you're too clever, my Rebbe used to say that um, being very, very, very clever is a learning disability, yeah. right? That's, so that's the they used to say also Rebbe actually said the definition of a genius. What's the definition of a genius? What's the definition of a genius? Not someone that's clever. Someone that thinks fast, slowly. Meaning he doesn't miss any steps. He's very clever. He thinks, he, he thinks fast, slowly. Meaning he knows, how to, he knows how to do it. Okay. Rabbi Isai, Esau was not stupid. Says the Beis Halevi, he knew that Yaakov was going to steal these brachas. He knew he was going to trick Yaakov, his father. He knew he was going to get into these brachas, right? So what did he do? He made a plan. He told his father, Esau told Yitzchak. He said, you know what? What's going to happen is, when I come back, Esau said, I'm going to pretend to have Yaakov's voice. And this will be the sign that I'm really Esau. <coughs> so therefore, when Yaakov came along, would come along to pretend to be Esau's voice, obviously, then obviously Yitzhak would know that he was pretending. So what happened over here is, um, um, what happened over here is, now all of a sudden, he put on Yaakov's voice. 
right? And she spoke gently, very religiously. So Yaakov also wasn't stupid. So Yaakov turned the tables on him. He spoke in his own voice, Yaakov. So now Yitzhak would say, hey, one second. Now he'd get the sign that he really was Esau. And that's exactly what happened. Yaakov came in and Yaakov said, oh, you, you know, that Kol Yaakov, that's how it's meant to be, right? That's exactly, that was the whole Yusoyit. And he touched his hand. He died to Esau. I've got both signs. Now I can go ahead. So there was no fishy thing going on over here. And that's the reason why he was the way he is. Let's um, just finish off our voice site with... Um Let's finish up with, with basically with two things over here which I want to mention, which are very important. Rubionis and Ibish, it brings a Yisoid over here, where the Torah tells us a Posuk Memalef, that Yistoim Esav is Yaakov, Esav hated Yaakov. Al Habrocha Asheberacha, because of the Brocha. It's an amazing thing. Says Rubionis and Ibish, it's a Gavaldic Yisoid. He says, You ever wondered, right? And I think I've said this once before, we've seen Rubishal Salanta as well, that, you know, a person goes to the basin with a cow. And he says, is this cow kosher or treif? And the Rav says, I'm really sorry, it's treif. He's upset. It's cost a lot of money. A lot of steak, a lot of fruit, a lot of meat. He can sell it, but the Rav says, treif is treif. A week later, the same guy goes to the same Rav with his chavusa, with his partner, with his whatever it is, a friend of his, that he did business with, and there's a marachlaikah, there's a conflict. He goes to the Rav, and the Rav paskins in, in, in the other guy's favor, in the friend's favor. And he comes out and says, ah, chutzpah, this Rav doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't know anything, it's horrible, how can he do this? I understand. Last week you were in this world with a cow that he caused you a tremendous amount of damage. It didn't bother you. So do Vienna's and Ibishids. You know why? Because when it's negated to yourself, it's you and yourself. All right, you have a loss, you have a loss. But when someone else gains, that's the worst thing. Yeah. Says Rubionis and Ibishid, that's Pshat in this week's Pashuk. Why? Al Habrocha. He cared because somebody else got the Brocha. And that's a terrible thing. That's one of the medias of Esau that we have to root out within ourselves. And let me end, Rabbi Yisrael, with one last unbelievable, remarkable idea from um, the idea of the Chavetz Chaim on this week's parasha as well, where the Torah tells us like this. The Torah says in Pasuk Chav Ches, in the beginning, says the Chavetz Chaim, Look at the Pasuk. Vayiko Yitzchak Yaakov. He calls his son Yaakov. I said this is the Yisoyed in Chinuch, which is just unbelievable. And the Yisoyed in Chinuch is, Vayiko Yitzchak Yaakov, Vayvorcha Yisoyed. He called him. He blessed him. Vayoymer, and he told him, Leisikach Isham Ibnois Kanan. Said the Chavetz Chaim, if you want to guide a child, whether it's your own child, whether it's someone you're teaching, it doesn't make a difference. The way to do it is not by giving him, you know, threats, not by telling him what to do. First thing is speak to him softly. Speak to him in a real way. Speak to him in a way that he understands, that possibly that he'll, you know, might be comforted by. Which is an amazing thing because that's what exactly what's going on. He came here, he blessed him, comforted him, gave him a good word. And I said, by the way, I'd, I'd prefer that you don't take it, you know, a shidduch from, uh, you know, from, from those girls over there. They're not for you. That's the way a child listens. If you speak calmly, you speak properly, that he knows you're doing it for his best interest. That's the way that the Chavetz Chaim Chinuch really goes. And I want to tell you one last thing, also in Chinuch. Reb Shinshim Rafal Hirsch brings down, he brings a Medjush Rabbah. Over here, he's talking about over here, and if you look at the Svar Makdoshim, they're full of all these Yisoyedas. And he says an, a, a remarkable thing. He says, as Reb Shinshim Rafal Hirsch, he says that until the age of 13, Esau and Yaakov were the same. They were sitting in yeshiva, they were staging together. No one knew the difference between them. And then Esau went into his own path. He says, the Shimshu will follow her. You know what the problem was? The problem was they treated Yaakov and Esau the same. That's not Chinuch. 
chenuch is is that each kid needs what he needs. If they would have given Esau what he needed in chenuch, he would have continued in a good path. This how careful every institution has to be to mechanuch each child. In fact, I once heard it from somebody else. I don't even remember who it was that if you have an institution like a yeshiva or a school and they say one size fits all, meaning this is how we do things. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. That's a midestoyim. Because Stoim were the same people. They had beds. And they said, if you're too short, we'll stretch you. If you're too long, we'll squash you. That is our Mahalach in Stoim. And there are many schools and many yeshivas, institutions, that are in the same way. This is how we do things. We'll stretch you and squash you to fit our box. Says so Rav Shemshim Hirsch, right, in this week's parasha, how terrible it is that Yaakov and Esav weren't noticed that they were different and they need to be dealt with differently. And therefore, if they would have done, who knows that the face of, the, of, of, of everything would have changed of history because of that. So you say in Chenech and you with their own children, the Rebbe Hashem, the Shema Be'ez Hashem, to everything would learn. But wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, wonderful Chodesh.